podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end, recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback. And I'm joined, of course, by my lovely, lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, my man? Uh, not much. I mean, I'm just uh, pretending like things are happening in May, you know, things we need to talk about. But uh, um, like like someone said on Twitter today, uh, it's May, nothing is happening. But that, yeah, that, you know that. what, that's never stopped us from talking before. So I think, that's true. I think we should just do it. I, I agree. I, I completely agree. Uh, you know, it's been a, a little while since we talked. Last time we talked was before the NFL draft, and we were talking about MFL 10 strategy. Uh, and we actually just did an MFL 10 together, mm-hmm. Denny. We did the MFL 10 of death. <laughs> of death. It sounds so. It sounds like the winner is killed. <laughs> no, the winner is killed. We murder. We we murder the winner of the NFL 10 of death. MFL 10 of death. Um, so. <laughs> That's that's why that's why you let the system uh, auto pick Sammy Watkins uh, for you in the fourth round. Yeah, well, thankfully, I'm my life is in no danger in that regard because <laughs> my team is my team is such hot garbage that uh, uh, I can I can feel the heat come off the screen when I look at it. So I mean, no. To be fair, to be fair, you definitely you. you Considering you got auto picked twice, because it, who was who was who was so who was around you that would go to that that would pick right before you were going to? Bed? Oh, uh, well, uh, James Todd from uh, from Rotoviz. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I know. Look, James is a really is a great guy. I like him a lot. I I, I I felt like a couple times like I was being trolled a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> like he, he he like he like he like messaged your wife to see yeah. what your sleep schedule was so that he could just pick right before you were going to sleep. Right. So like I've been I've been talking about this on. Twitter once in a while I I've had you know bouts of insomnia over the past two months so my bedtime is like a disaster like I never really know when I'm gonna be sleepy so I would like wait and wait and wait (laughs) and I and I hate I hate scheduling picks I hate like you know doing all so I would wait and then I'd be like ah you know what I'll do it in the morning and then boom it would happen like five minutes after I I went upstairs and 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 then I get Cam Newton in the sixth or whatever and she cried in the shower you got you got him in the you got him at 8.05 so it really wasn't like like the Sammy Watkins one was the worst. The, the the reason why I thought the Sammy Watkins one was the worst, not only because Sammy Watkins is just insanely overvalued in these things, but because like you clearly would have picked Brandon Cooks. Yes. Like like that's your boy, right? Yes. And he went he went right after Sammy Watkins did to, to Pat Thorman, who put it all together, who put the the MFL ten of death together. He's the one who actually murders the person. Right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. has a he has a pitch he has a pitchfork that he just goes at. So right. he. So Pat Thorman picked Brandon Cooks right after you picked Sammy Watkins, and I just thought it was hilarious because Brandon Cooks is your boy. It was such a shot in the gut. I I, I identified at least five receivers that I, who I would have picked before uh, Watkins. I and I, like going down the list. It just made me want to vomit every time. Yeah. So you 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 ended up. I'll just read your roster, even though this might take three hours because it's 20, 20 people long. Uh, so you had you had Cam Newton, and then you you went with RG three and Blake Bortles. So your other two quarterbacks are pretty vomit worthy, but at least it's a best ball, Dude, so it doesn't really so matter. So bad, it's so I no, but I mean like, but it's a best ball. So like like we were talking earlier, and we talked about this in the last podcast. 
if you're going to have like a terrible QB2, you have to get another terrible QB2, and then it just equals a regular QB2. Right. So I'm going to get like three games at RG3, and then. Right. But you know, the thing with Bortles is that his job is safe, right? So he's going to get, if he's healthy, he's going to oh, get yeah, 16 yeah. starts. So maybe he'll accidentally throw a couple touchdowns in one game. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're I think you're fine at quarterback. And then you got you had CJ Anderson in the second round, which is good value. Niall Davis, Darren McFadden, Denard 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 Robinson, and Jonathan Stewart. So you have you have you have Jonathan Stewart and Darren McFadden on the same team. Like it's just like it's a walking hospital on your team oh, right now. God, if I and then honestly, you, if I get eight games out of those guys combined, I'll, I'll be good. You got and then you got Dez, Martavis, Fitz, Funches, uh, Brandon Marshall, Ruben Randall, and then your boy Sammy. And then I I did like what you did though at 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 tight end. You went with Tyler Eifert, who's who's a a, a solid pick this year. Uh, but then you went with Virgil Green and Owen Daniels. Yeah. You're basically just you're capturing the the Peyton Manning tight end market. I want to vacuum up all the all the tight end uh, the Peyton tight end points. I I just that was like the one smart thing that I felt like I did in the whole damn draft was was get both the Peyton's uh, tight ends because um, I, I did a story uh, article last year about it like. I think he Peyton has had five or six consecutive seasons in which his tight end production has been like combined tight end production has been in the top three. So yeah, yeah. I mean that's great. I mean it was very very smart, and I like it with Eifert too. Uh, and then you had the Lions and Titans defense. The the defenses because you had people who who are smart with MFL ten. So the defenses were, were kind of tricky towards the yeah. end if you didn't get one. You know, in like the sixteenth or seventeenth round. Um, yeah. My team, I ended up. I really like my quarterbacks. I have I have Kaepernick and Ryan Tannehill, mm-hmm. so I got I got the Konami code combo right there. Yeah, um, I, I I like Kaepernick. Yeah, and then I uh, I ended up getting Jamal Charles, Tevin Coleman. My Coleman pick was was certainly debated on Twitter because Silva when I, Evan Silva went out there and <laughs> talked about my boldness from a from a five condom drafter. It was very bold. <laughs> Uh, I thought, I thought it was seven condoms, but <laughs> no, I've reduced it now because of the Tevin Coleman pick. Well, that's uh, you know, hey, uh, medically it still works. <laughs> right, exactly. And then I, uh, I got Mark Ingram, and I, I kind of, I'm, I'm getting Ingram a lot, but a strategy that I'm trying to use is to get Kyrie Robinson with him because of the fact that they could split a little bit. I, I, I mean, I, Ingram's going to be a 200 plus guy, I think, but. Um, I, I like getting Robinson just because of that. It's like a handcuff slash. He might have some value during the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got Latavius Murray, who dropped to the fifth round. I was surprised in a very, very running back heavy draft. Um, and then I picked Matt Jones in the 16th round. I like uh, at running back. And then my wideouts are Marlon Brown, Marcus Colston, Alshon Jeffrey, Jeremy Macklin, Cecil Shorts, Torrey Smith, and Kendall Wright. Uh, tight ends, Heath Miller and Julius Thomas. I don't even care for Julius Thomas this year, but I got him in the, in the late 10th round. Yeah. Um, He's basically being, being written off completely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like, and, and like I, I was in an MFL 10 today and he went in the fifth round. Oh so, wow. Really? Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. So that's different. Yeah. Just, I think you just have a lot of smart people in this draft that yeah. realize that his opportunity is just not even close to the same. So he's just, he's falling. Right. Um, and then defense, I have the Cardinals, 49ers, and Redskins. Yeah, you know, the uh, Julius Thomas is, is, a, is an interesting case because I don't think, like if you're in a savvy league, you're, he's he could drop to the point where you're kind of forced to take him, like, like you right. were there. I, I really like that pick. 
I may have had him queued up, so thank you for that. And yeah, but, <laughs> exactly. But if, oh, you mean you could have had the Bortles to Julius Thomas combo? Wow. Yeah. I mean that'll be good for four touchdowns in garbage time against the Tennessee <laughs> defense, which I own. So. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, but but uh, no, and I, I like that pick. But if you're in a if you're in more of like a casual league this year, like an office league or something. Um, I think you could see Thomas go like ridiculously early just because the name yeah. recognition and like, oh yeah, I got that guy out the way off the waiver wire a couple years ago, or oh yeah, I drafted that guy. He scored fifty five touchdowns in the first eight games last year. So yeah, I mean realistically, that might be. I'm gonna do probably you know close to a hundred hopefully of these MFL tens, and I would be surprised if I have more than five shares of Julius Thomas. Yeah, I believe that. I I, I think just just the name value and like the the free free agency splash signing, you know, that kind of thing yeah. draws people. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, that was the, the MFL 10 of death. That was a good time. Thanks to Pat Thorne for putting it on. And I really hope I lose so I don't die. <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a morbid, it's such a morbid thing, but I love it. I love it. When are, when are we not morbid on this podcast? I, no, I know, but I mean, MFL 10 of death. I mean, that's, <laughs> it, is. that's it is. I can, I'm just like, if we had a logo for this thing, like the death would definitely be like a bloody font. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, definitely. Like, like dripping everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could you could just feel the death. Um, <laughs> anyway, so since we last talked, the NFL draft happened. So we're going to talk about the NFL draft. Neither of us are as big of draft nicks as uh, a lot of the people that you might find on on, on the Twitter machine. Um, but at the same time, a lot of that, uh, some of that is good because we're far more objective than falling in love with some guys that don't necessarily get placed in a favorable situation because opportunity is so much, uh, means so much to, to redraft leagues. Um, and and that's, that's really what this is kind of all about and what we'll talk about guys that we like, guys that we don't like situations that might be overvalued or undervalued by people, uh, typically overvalued because it's rookies. Um, so I just kind of like pose some questions in our agenda that we'll go through and then we'll get to questions as we always do. But let's start with, the the big question, Denny, which rookie has the has the most opportunity in twenty fifteen to be a fantasy football stud? Well, I, I mean, I I I've thought for a while now it was Mel- Melvin Gordon, um, uh, but I w- it was kind of confirmed by Rich Rebar uh, taking him in what the third round of the MFL ten of death. Yeah, and anything that Rich does is definitely confirmed, yeah. and that's not I'm not even that's being it. sarcastic there. I'm being one hundred percent. That's a legit thing. I mean, I yeah. you know. Uh, I mean, we we joke around with Rich and everything, but but his his study and understanding of rookies and teams and concepts and opportunity is second to none. So um, <clears throat> you know, for me, I think my draft Nick reputation probably took a hit when uh, on the night of the draft, Melissa t- turned to me and said, "Is the NFL draft on tonight?" And I said, "I don't know." And, oh man. Yeah. So that that probably hurt my uh, standing in the hashtag community. Um, but anyway, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I would, I would have to, I would have to go th- uh, with, with Gordon and, and I'm, I'm glad to see that, uh, our boy Rich agrees. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it has to be Gordon as well. Uh, a lot of that has to do with the ambiguity with Gurley's, uh, ACL slash, I mean, let's be honest, Gurley's situation is not even close to ideal. No. It's just it's it's not. Uh, but you know, I think you have you have Melvin Gordon, who's going to be going into an offense that's pretty efficient from a passing standpoint, which is important for running backs because that's going to create scoring opportunities. Uh, but then you have you know you you have two running backs that are that would be potentially considered uh, high volume 
backs uh, in San Diego. I'm not saying that as in like these guys are for sure things high volume guys, but like you know, Danny Woodhead's not a high volume back. He's a third down back. He's a pass catching back. Then you have Brandon Oliver and Donald Brown, who I'm not saying are even capable of carrying the load. But those that those are that's that's who's in the way of Melvin Gordon. Yeah. It's literally no. I, I mean, a Donald Brown wasn't he like historically inefficient last year? Yeah. So him and uh, according to our our numbers at Number Fire, uh, Brandon Oliver and Donald Brown were I think two of the bottom five running backs last year in terms of efficiency. So like part of that part of whenever you have two guys that are both inefficient like that, it's definitely an offensive line problem. Uh, but at the same time. You know, you have uh, Donald Brown, who, aside from that final year that he had with the Colts, was has just been a disaster yeah. at the NFL level. And then Brandon Oliver just kind of came out of nowhere uh, and, and really wasn't isn't like a, a physical freak, highly touted guy necessarily. So yeah. you have you have two guys who just really aren't going to get in the way of Melvin Gordon. Um, so I think that you know he has to be the top rookie back in redraft leagues. I you know. Given given the running back landscape, I'm thinking probably mid RB two, right? Something like, something along those lines. Yeah, although I I mean I think you know like a couple preseason big runs and and you know some some fortune falling his way and a couple roto world blurbs and boom he's like you know valued as much more than that. So yeah, um, very true. I think he could be outpriced. I think he's a candidate to be uh, outpriced by by July or August. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could see him. Cre- he's like a mid third in, in MFL tens, maybe earlier third now, and I could see him definitely uh, creeping into the second round. You know, the other thing too is you always have to look at how teams, what kind of equity teams spend on their picks, mm-hmm. and the Chargers not only drafted him in the first round, but they traded up to do so. Yeah. So I mean, like this is their guy. Like they're going to use this guy. It's really important to pay attention to how GMs are using those picks and how teams are using those picks. Because you can see, you know, like last year with Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard. I'm going to go back to that probably for the next 15 years. <laughs> because it's, you know, you have a situation where Gio Bernard was everyone's darling after his rookie Barry year. Sanders, and, I heard. Right. Yeah, I, he, was, he was partially, he was Barry Sanders. And he, you know, they, they drafted Jeremy Hill in the second round and, and boom. Jeremy Hills is now the superior yeah. fantasy runner. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, the one thing that makes me a little nervous uh, uh, about Gordon is that the Chargers, uh, in you know, in recent years, have not proven very interested in scoring points. And right. by by right. that I mean, uh, you know, stats Mike like McCoy. stats like Danny Woodhead getting the most uh, touches inside the ten yard line. Right. When you have, um, you know, Gates and Ladarius Green there, like just big monsters who can catch it over anybody. So um, that's the one, the one thing that kind of freaks me out. I, I would, I would, I would be more all in or closer to all in if, if it was a team that actually wanted to score points. Yeah. 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 I hear you. I hear you. Um, so let's look at some wide receivers. Cause I assume that you were going to say Gordon there. So which, which wide receiver, I guess, are you, are you most excited about? We're, we're coming off a season where we saw it was the best rookie wide receiver season ever in terms of everything, the fantasy, real life, everything. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, uh, I, I get, you know, the Amari Cooper love, uh, because of the opportunity. I don't get it. I don't, I don't, get the love because Derek Carr is like a future hall of famer. Like it seems to be <laughs> believed right now, except for you who obviously you're a famous, uh, uh, Derek Carr, uh, hater. 
Oh yeah, o- Oakland. Hey, I can't. I, I legitimately cannot walk into the city limits of Oakland. No, I'm. I would be. I would be afraid for you. But um, uh, so no. I mean, I get that. But I think that like I think that his upside will probably be more than priced into his redraft ADP. I, I'm not talking dynasty. I, I guess neither of us are really talking dynasty right now. But right. Um, um, but you know, it's it's not like you know you get Cooper for for you know for a discount. You know, I mean you're. Right. You're going to have to pay probably the full price. You know, maybe maybe not quite full price. But the one one guy who intrigues me is uh, DGB. I mean, I I really uh, um, I think that if he cannot be a knucklehead, uh, like like um, Wizen Hunt said the other day, that right. that I think that he could be be a guy who makes a difference once he's if he's given the opportunity. Which again, the Titans. Not you know not exactly the point scoring monster that we look for, but um, you know I don't think I don't see a ton of, of competition there. Just reading between the lines. Yeah, I mean Justin Hunter is kind of a, a lost cause at this point, which is very sad. Kendall Wright, actually, I think I I, I drafted Kendall Wright in that MFL ten. I think Kendall Wright's going to be kind of a a target hog in that in that offense. Just short passes, yeah. be kind of be a security blanket to Mariota. Uh, I think that that Kendall Wright is is an eighty catch guy this year. Um, I, I I just think that that's kind of how the offense is laid out right now. The defense isn't phenomenal. They're going to probably have to pass due to game flow a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean DGB has an interesting situation. Um, but I'm also I'm also yeah. a sucker for like big fast. You're you're a sucker for for the big fast. Yeah, players. I cannot I cannot resist. Like I I you know I I as you know I don't I don't watch a ton of college football, but you know I. Uh, 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 j- just seeing his draft profile, reading stuff on uh, Rotoviz, and a couple things on Number Fire, and a couple things on Roto World, I just, uh, I just got sucked in uh, a little bit to that hype. So I- I'm not saying that I'm like, I'm like, I like gotta right. get him. And re- the, the, the 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 difference, like, I think that that he his his ADP in general is going to have a lot of variance to it. It yeah. depends what kind of people you're drafting with. Like the MFL Ten of Death that we did. He went, I think, in like the eighth round to to James Todd. I I probably wouldn't have that's too high touched him. From- yeah, I probably wouldn't have touched him there. I mean, that's fine. It's it, I'm I'm I could be very very wrong. I'm wrong all the time, but I uh you know I I wouldn't necessarily touch him there. But I could see I could see there being a couple of people that just kind of fall in love with him mm-hmm. uh and, and and reach a little bit, and that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's kind of the way I see it. I there there are some interesting wide receiver situations. Uh. Because I think that people are going to generally be overdrafting due to last year. Uh, like Kevin White, for instance, is is now going in like the he's in like the early sixth round of these MFL tens, and I just I can't get behind that. I don't think the situation in Chicago is nearly as favorable as some people think. You have you you have a, an offense that not only is is generally inefficient passing wise. Last year they were. Or last year they were a year before that they were they were fine. I understand that that Brandon Marshall's volume is gone, uh, and I, I can't remember how many how many targets he had. I think 106 targets last year. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a void to fill. But they also have Marcus Wilson who can step up. They also have Eddie Royal who they signed, and they also have a new offensive coordinator and coach who just drafted a running back to go along with Matt Forte, who will almost certainly be a little more run heavy than they were under Mark Tressman. So you throw you put that all together, and I just I don't see the the tremendous upside other than his physical gifts that 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 God gave him uh, to to be. Basically, you're drafting him in the sixth round because of of God. 
<laughs> now that's a quote. That is a quote right there. Yes. So so I'm not really like into that. I'm not into white that much. I'm I understand like the Cooper and PPR league thing because they'll Derek Carr loves those short passes. He could be kind of that like eighty catch guy, kind of like a Kendall. But like Kendall Wright might be like an arbitrage play on that. Um, yeah. But like so like Cooper, sure, like get it. I think the two guys that people I was actually talking to Evan Silva about this earlier today. Two guys that that he's targeting that I would probably target one of them more so than the other. Perriman and and um in Baltimore. He's going to have tons of opportunity there. There's literally no one catching the football. Steve Smith dropped off dramatically over the second half of last year. And and if he if he does produce throughout the whole season, there's a lot of volume out there for for Perriman to 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 gobble up. Um and tor- you know, I think that he could easily get he should get to that 100 target mark. Um and then Nelson Aguilar, I think has a lot of upside as well in that Chip Kelly offense with Macklin gone. Macklin Macklin had his most efficient season last year on 143 targets uh, in that offense. Like he was a machine last year. Uh, if if they have the Macklin 2.0, I mean that could be huge. It, but it all depends with these guys, especially with wide receiver more than running back. It depends on the, on their on their cost because I think that there's a lot of people that are going to want or are going to think that this year is going to simulate last year in some way, and they're just going to naturally overvalue these guys. Yeah, I I totally agree with, I mean, obviously we, we aren't alone here, but with Perriman, I mean, you know, uh, not only does he have tremendous opportunity, um, uh, Rotoviz, uh, um, uh, Rotoviz writer Kevin Cole uh, has, uh, had, has an interesting thing throughout the offseason um, showing uh, opportunity scores for teams, and Baltimore – had the fifth best headed into the draft. In other words, they had the fifth most yeah, opportunity out there for for a pass catcher. Uh, so Perryman could uh, um, could really thrive there. He, he, and and then you know Mark Tressman being in Baltimore now. Uh, Tressman has shown uh, many times in his uh, in his time in the NFL that he values uh, you know uh, the size of pass catchers. I mean he 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 seeks big guys and he gets them the ball. So, right. He also, he, he, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. He also, he also doesn't, he doesn't rotate his players. I mean, these guys are going to be on the field forever. Yes. So like, I mean, it's the same, there's no, and not only that, I mean, there's not a lot of personnel behind Perriman to, to really, to truly rotate. I mean, they drafted another guy, another, another field stretcher. They have Marlon Brown. I mean, there are some guys that have upside, but it's not, it's not the same. It's not nearly the same. No, no, not not at all. I, in fact, I I think, you know, Perriman could be. Ah, gosh, I he'll probably be on like my hot take list, but uh, come come August, just just because even if he like falls out of bed on Sundays, he's gonna he's gonna get opportunity, and you know that's that's all we can ask for at this point. I and I, I get I get that you know that he has some reputation right as as a pass dropper. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So. Yeah. And they, I mean, they, so they, they drafted Darren Waller too, like in the later rounds, fifth round, I think it was from Georgia tech. And he, I mean, he's kind of, he's, he's a, he's a beat, a physical freak as well in a way. I mean, his, his metrics are, are great. So I think that's kind of like a potential longer term backup plan to Perriman if he doesn't pan out. But yeah, I mean the, the drops are, are what people are worried about with him. Um, so we'll see what happens, but at the same time, if he's going to get enough volume, his drops won't matter. Right. Um, uh, just real quick, getting back to to running backs, uh, mostly everything I read uh, over the past, you know, uh, mostly everything I've read over the past two weeks or so has said that uh, T.J. Yeldon is 
pretty much a locked in workhorse running back in Jacksonville. Um, maybe it's the uh, Denard Robinson truther in me, but um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I just I have a hard time buying buying that. Uh, in, you know the 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 whole the whole thing, the whole like three hundred touch um, yeah. uh, part part of that theory, which uh, I don't know. I mean, I just I think it's optimistic, and I think that people may, may be forgetting that. Uh, I, I see a lot of stuff about. Of course, he'll be Toby Gerhardt. Well, that's not. I, I didn't really consider Gerhardt in the running now for right. for a starting gig. I considered it between Yeldon and Robinson. And I, you know, I, Robinson is one maybe one injury away from taking that workhorse role that he had last year, uh, and he's going for free in drafts. So, right, right. The, the the thing I'm I'm totally with you on Yeldon. I think that a lot of people there's a there are a lot of people that that liked him pre-draft and this is his situation and now he's let's just pretend he, let's just pretend he's getting the volume and then he's the their starting back which I think you know he'll probably be the starting back with some Denard mixed in but the one thing that 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 people fail to really realize a lot of times in fantasy is that you need to attach your running backs to efficient offenses. Mm-hmm. And the thing with, with Yeldon, you know, I did a study last year on looking at passing efficiency through net expected points versus rushing touchdowns, right? And basically, this is, this is a quote from, from that article. It says, in essence, if you have a bottom 8 to 10 passing offense, in order to post in the 65th percentile in rushing touchdowns in the season, you'll, you'll need to be one of the most run-heavy teams in the league or have a future Hall of Fame running back. And the, the future Hall of Fame running back I'm referencing is Adrian Peterson. So basically Jacksonville needs to be an incredibly run-heavy team for TJ Yeldon to score touchdowns. And if he doesn't score touchdowns, he's not going to be in that top 10 to 15 range because you typically need to have you know eight or nine touchdowns in there uh, to be able to rank that high. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so I it just, it's, it's, it's tough. And like Blake Bortles is terrible. I know that, I mean, like we... we their their passing offense was so bad last year. They they need they need either Blake Bortles to take a giant step forward. They need to somehow be a run heavy team. Whenever their defense their defense is better, I understand, but their offense could be so inefficient that game flow doesn't dictate a, a run heavy scheme. Or T.J. Yeldon just needs to be out of this world good, which really you know you don't necessarily get that very often with running backs well, anymore. And it's also you know it's not safe. I mean, it's not even close to safe to bank on you know, player X becoming Adrian Peterson. I mean, that's, just, right. that's just silly. Um, I, I read a funny thing the other day, uh, said, uh, um, you know, the f- fans in Jacksonville who have always wanted Tebow, um, finally got Tebow in, in, in Blake Bortles only he's right-handed. So um, <laughs> right. like, nice, that's nice. the only difference. I was like, dude, Oh God. It made me feel good about drafting him in the MFL 10 of day. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure that, I mean, at least, you know, you're not dying. Well, I'm not, no, I'm not going to die. I am going to vomit, but I'm not going to die. Exactly. So the other thing, though, too, like to your point uh, with comparing running backs to Adrian Peterson, let's talk about Todd Gurley. Like, like what the hell? Like, what what are the what are the what you're in? What are the the, the, I just I I, I can't stand Jeff Fisher. Like Jeff Fisher is the most mediocre Mm -hmm. head coach in in all of the land. He's terrible. Uh, They go out and they get a position not of need. There, there's a, I mean, I could rant about this forever. The, the idea that you have to go best player available. I mean, like inherently a human being is going to say, 
uh, I'm going to have to factor in need a little bit, even if I'm not consciously thinking about need when I'm thinking best player available. Like need is the first filter that you go through before you take best player available. Your need might might be might be long in width, right? Like you might you might have a, a lot of different needs for your team, and then you can kind of go from there and best player available. And, and the Rams have that. The Rams have plenty of needs. They were they were they had the tenth overall pick for a reason. I mean they they weren't that good last year. And they went out and got a running back when they had Trey Mason. Uh, I just, and and now and now the the crazy the crazy part, Denny, the insane part. Yeah. Now Todd Gurley is being drafted in the third round of fantasy drafts when he might not even play the first six weeks of the season. RB eight. What like what is happening right now? Like he he, like like what what are people banking on? I, I'm not even a Trey Mason guy per se. Like Trey Mason was was pretty average last year. He was fine. Uh, he was he was worthwhile in fantasy because he started to get volume. But what are people doing drafting Todd Gurley in the third round? I just I don't understand it. I don't get it at all. No, and 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 even even more perplexing maybe is that you're not even getting a discount on Trey Mason, right? <laughs> right. He's going in the fifth. So what is what, is what are people doing? They're they're taking Gurley as like you know. Uh, as like a locked in elite running back, but then but then other people are taking Trey Mason at, at RB nineteen. We're, we're living in a world where people are investing heavily in Jeff Fisher. Like yeah. they're investing yeah. so they're investing in Jeff Fisher running backs when over the last two years all we've seen is turnover at that position and a pretty inefficient offense with with no quarterback. Nick Foles is not gonna be a success in that offense. Let's just be honest. Like like what is, why are you doing this people? It's, it's so. I mean, Gurley's going before Marshawn Lynch and Adrian Peterson. Is that I, you might be looking at dynasty? There. I know. I'm looking at redraft on MFL ten. I'm, I mean, on, on MFL right now. I I, I probably, I'm not messing it up this time. I know I messed it up last time. I have. Well, that's that would be insane. Re, yeah, redraft redraft leagues only. Yeah. Um, but I I don't know. I just I, you know when you when you said earlier you know you have to pay attention to the draft capital that a team invests in a guy, maybe that's what's happening here. Maybe they're yeah, seeing, sure. uh, well, the Rams are all in on Todd Gurley, so I am sure. too. I don't know. But, but, now, but now you're also factoring in a torn ACL. He might not play. He might be put on pup. Like, there, there are so many red flags right now with Todd Gurley that an investment in any way, if that's in an MFL 10, if that's in whatever, if you're doing a, a, a redraft in June or something, I don't know. Any any investment right now, given the information we have, is uh, any any big investment is ludicrous. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. I, completely different in Dynasty. I get it if you're like all about his talent and you think that he's the next AP. That's fine. You can you can go but go ahead and do that. I. I'm just not. I'm. I'm really not about that situation. I don't. I don't like the. I, I still don't think the Rams' offense is very good. You know. I just. I can't get behind people spending so much equity on Todd Gurley. Yeah. I mean, we're talking. I mean, we just talked about um, two offenses that could be really, really horrendous in the Rams and the Jaguars, and we're talking about two running backs who are being. You know, one one who's being incredibly highly valued, and another who is being. Who's on his way, you know, to to, to being high, highly valued? And, and Yeldon, Yeldon's going at RB twenty three, from what I can see, right before Justin Forsett. So that's special. That's that's 
that's something. <laughs> that, so like I'm I'm looking I'm pulling up Trey Mason's numbers from last year. So like you remember like he started to get some volume like he had let me two games of twenty plus carries he had a nineteen carry game an eighteen carry game. Trey Mason last year and this isn't necessarily just because of him as a player it's partially because of the offense. Trey Mason had one game that was greater than fifteen point three fantasy points against the Raiders, P- right? P- PPO, yeah, it was the Raider game where everyone was using him in DFS. Right, and it didn't matter if you had him in DFS. <laughs> right. Even though right. I got home that day and I was like, "Oh my god!" And then I looked and I was like, "Oh my god!" Right. I mean, like he wasn't. He was. He was fine. But like, I mean, I'm looking at it now. Let's see. He had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He had nine games of thirteen or more carries last year, and he had one, two, three. He had five double-digit games. It's just that, that that offense is not powerful. It's not and it's not good. But it's, and and you you really need I'm I'm telling like you need Todd Gurley to be a superhero in order to be effective in that offense. Yeah, but but I mean that that offense is not even made to be good. I mean they're it, Oh it, no, it's, not at it's all. It's made, you know, that that whole team and it's been shown over and over again is made to win to win a game um, you know, 13 to 10. Right. And that's that's right. That's how that's the Jeff Fisher yeah. way. That is the Jeff Fisher way. That is all. That's all he want. He want. He would love every game to finish nine to six. Nine six. Yeah. I mean, that's you know. Hey, you know, he win is a win. I get. I mean, he he would go home and he would he would drink a beer and get some some nice beer on his mustache oh, he, and just he definitely he would definitely drink a, a very average beer for an average guy. Which, oh, he would drink Heineken or something. No, no, no. Listen, I, I think we might be on the same page beer wise with him because he would probably just drink one of our favorite beers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Bud Light or Miller. Uh, yeah, one of a crappy light beer. So it, <laughs> I think uh, I think you know we can't really criticize there quite quite too much. Oh man, there's some other running backs though that I do want to talk about. One of them. But, well, let's talk about Amir Abdullah. Do you know anything about him? Uh, In the situ- what do you do? You have do you have any feelings about his situation? I should say. Uh, my feeling is that I know he's an NFL player. No, I'm just joking. Nice. No, go you 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 go right ahead with that one. So so I think I, I think the the interesting thing with Abdullah is he's going to a situation where Joyke Bell is is like 85 years old. Joyke Bell is is like the Fred Jackson of of the NFL now. Like he, he's he's kind of trying to go through the same trajectory. He's just not as awesome as yeah. him. Uh, so Joyke is already going to be 29, or is already 29. Um, I could see kind of a, a pretty even split between the two. Abdullah could have much more upside, but Joyke is still good on the goal line, which is very, very scary about Abdullah's value. Mm-hmm. That that's my fear. I was talking to to Rich about this a little bit, and you know, it's one of those situations where Joyke actually, you know, he definitely lost value in in MFL 10 formats, and he because he was so overdrafted before the draft, he was going like the late third round. And, you know, now that, that Abdul is there, he's going more in the, you know, early fifth, let's say if you're in a running back heavy draft and you have to get him there, it's kind of understandable because he could score a decent amount of touchdowns still. Um, And he's still probably going to get some volume there, but with Abdullah mixed in, it's just kind of ambiguous, but maybe they'll both be in that like 150 to 160 range. Right. I mean, he's, he is, uh, I would say Bell is, is a, is a four to six condom pick. Yeah, yeah, probably. It's probably true. I just he's just not very good is the problem. Like he's just he's he's very average and he's he doesn't he he was bad last year. 
Well, yeah. Like he, he had a really bad year, uh, he, except except for he was still scoring. So he he really excelled. I think the year in which the Lions kept getting blown out, and he was catching a lot of passes from Stafford late in games and garbage time. Like, yeah, two years ago, I guess it was. I mean, yeah, you're right, right. So, so it's, he, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying like he's he's all awful, but he's. I mean, is it is it too much to say he's replacement level? I mean, I, yeah. I mean, as like a as like a, a human, a player, as, as a player, yeah, yeah, it, definitely it could be a fine human, but yeah, definitely. He's he's actually like probably the definition of replacement. Yeah, I, I just I've never seen anything, well, you know that 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 or. I, you know, and his his efficiency numbers have never been off the charts. I just don't. I've never really gotten it much yeah. with him. I'll tell you a guy that I'm super excited about that I'm higher than most people is is Tevin Coleman. Yes. Um, oh yes, you are. I got him in the fourth round of the of, of a, mind you, it was a very very running back heavy draft. Um, but I I actually took him over Joyke Bell. Uh, I did not take him over C.J. Spiller. Rich had already taken C.J. Spiller just to show you how running back heavy our MFL ten of death was, but. Um, Tevin Coleman is in a, a very, very interesting situation that I think you, I, I think if things go right, uh, this summer, he could jump into the, definitely the fourth into maybe the third round. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that there's still equity to be had there. The reason for that, the only competition he has in that offense right now is Devonte Freeman mm-hmm. and Devonte Freeman was terrible last year, like atrociously bad. He, our, our metrics at number fire are per rush net expected points per rush of guys that had 50 or more carries. I can't remember how many there were, but there's a decent amount of them. You know who finished last per rush in efficiency? Can I guess? Yeah, go I ahead. Devante. Yeah, it was Devante Freeman. So, and it wasn't because he fumbled. I mean, he had one fumble, which can, which can uh, hurt, hurt that efficiency rating a little bit. Uh, he was just really not good. He wasn't, he wasn't effective. Uh, they bring on Tevin Coleman, got him in the third round, uh, you know, spent some equity, I guess, uh, on him. Thing that you have to really like about him, not only is the situation, but or not only is is his competition situation. You got Matt Ryan, you have Roddy, you got Julio, you have a high powered offense. Not only that, Kyle Shanahan is there now. Kyle Shanahan has made no name running backs fantasy relevant. That's like that's like what he does. Yeah, that that's his thing. He do I remember Steve Slayton? Uh, uh, that yep. was that was Kyle Shanahan. Uh, I took Steve Slayton over Chris Johnson in 2009. So yeah. Oh, <laughs> of course, of course, you remember Steve Slayton. Sure. You remember Alfred Morris's breakout? That was Kyle Shanahan. You have even the running. You know, as bad as Cleveland's offense was last year, you still had guys in that offense that were fantasy relevant at the running back position. I, I think that all of that put together, you have a very interesting situation with Tevin Coleman. Obviously, you have to see how his talent translates to the field, but I think in general. People are overlooking that situation because realistically, let's pretend he's the starter. If if he's the starter, are you taking him higher than Melvin Gordon? I mean, if he's if he if 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 Tevin Coleman is the starting running back in Atlanta, where 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 I could ask, where do you do you think he should be drafted around Melvin Gordon? I think he should. I right. I don't think he will. Right. Yeah. It, right. So so I think that's that's part part of it is is the fact that like. I, what is in the way of people thinking that he is not going to be a factor in that offense this year? I, I would be very, very surprised. It could happen, sure. But if he's not a factor, I would be very, very surprised given how bad Devontae Freeman was and that there's no one else on that roster that could carry the load for them. Right. 
So I'm I'm into him. I'm into Tevin Coleman. Yeah, uh, TJ uh, uh, TJ Hernandez, um, who writes for Four for Four and works for Draft Day Consultants. He uh, he wrote a really good uh, Shanahan piece uh, uh, on on Four for Four dot com. Uh, it, it it's really like a, a comprehensive look that I think you know it was very useful to me. I, I suggest uh, everybody check that out. Yeah, I, I think that you know Shanahan's schemes aren't necessarily run heavy. But he definitely, I mean, he's given uh, a lot of, of carries to particular running backs in the past. So it's it's interesting to see what will happen there. Speaking of the Cleveland Browns situation, Duke Johnson is there. Can we just, like, brush this over really quick and just say, like, like this is awkward? What do you mean awkward? It's just awkward. Like, like they now have three three relevant ba- oh. not relevant but three yeah. three young backs in that backfield it's just very strange and redirect oh yeah i it's i think that it's such a mess i i, I don't um and again i mean we're probably talking about a bottom 10 offense well i think we're definitely talking about a bottom 10 offense or right. maybe even a bottom three offense i mean that so uh, again your analysis uh into you know running backs attached to to crappy offenses uh, uh, rings true here, so yeah. and it's a mess, and it's a, possibly a three, a three pronged uh, timeshare. So it's um, yeah, it's not it's not pretty. Uh, and then you have David Johnson in Arizona, who will compete with or or be in tandem with Andre Ellington. Um, I, I, Andre Ellington was also really bad last year, super really really bad, uh, super inefficient. Mm-hmm. So I think just given that, you have to look at the competition. That offense is going to be probably pretty average efficiency-wise. You put it all together, I mean, there's there's opportunity there. So when there's opportunity for a running back, he, he's not a bad value. That's the way that I view yeah, it. Yeah, I don't see – I don't – you know, I mean, a lot will change between now and, and August, obviously. But um, I was um, – I was kind of bullish on Ellington last year. I just can't can't imagine I'm going to have him on too many teams this year, and 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 that's part of the reason, you know. I mean, like like you said, he was much better in his rookie. It was his rookie season when he was yeah, when he had like 100 150. Like if if they if they keep him at like that 130 to 150 range carries wise, because apparently you know like I don't know as much uh, from what I've seen. I don't necessarily get the comp, but. A lot of people see David Johnson as like a, an Andre Ellington replica. Uh, and, you know, if that's the case, then maybe they're just trying to like to, to lessen the load on Andre Ellington, throw in a guy that's just like Ellington and just have a, a real what basically what they wanted out of Ellington last year that they didn't get. Yeah, uh, um, I, I I think that that uh, that that thinking makes a lot of sense. And I, I mean, I you know, depending on on what, you know, kind of preseason hype and everything you could see those two going yeah a similar adp i i right. you know i i wouldn't be that wouldn't that wouldn't shock me it, it's 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 unlikely but i i still think uh that that would be possible yeah um and then let's see we had david cobb who is a tennessee titan so now you have bishop sankey's adp dropping um who are you like it, this could be i mean you could just go by your gut i don't care who who would you rather have right now out of the two? Out of those two, I mean, I think Sankey, <laughs> Sankey kind of showed what he is, right? Like he is what he is last year, right? Um, he, he got. I don't. Did they ever really uh, give him? Did they ever? He, did he ever get twenty carries in a game? 
I don't know if he hit 20, but there were definitely, let me, I'll pull it up really quick. But he, he definitely, I mean, he, he carried the load for them in a couple games towards the end of the season. Yeah. His highest, yeah, his highest was 17 last year. So yeah, the, the best, uh, the best performance that he had last year was when he had uh, six attempts in week four. He scored 13.7 uh, PPR points. He only had three double digit performances last year, or sorry, four. There was a 10 point game in there too. But he, I mean, he was bad last year. Um, his physical profile does look better, uh, and the Titans did not invest a lot in Cobb. But I still think that just given what Sankey did last year, I mean, they're both they're both probably not going to be they're both probably just going to be mid round picks anyway. So it's not a huge deal, uh, regardless. But I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not part of the the Sankey hype. And I, I know. Look, I I just said this, so I sound like a broken record. But again. The Titans offense will more than likely be, you know, really bad. Right. So, I mean, if, you know, if, if the goal is to attack, you know, to, to, to get as many guys as you can at reasonable costs in high powered offenses, uh, then this is not, this is not an appealing situation at all. I mean, to, to, to put it, you know, you know, to put it lightly. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just, I'm not really, I'm not really too attracted to, to either of their ADPs right now. Um, although, um, although I guess I, I guess, you know, things could, you know, Marietta, I mean, things could change. <laughs> I'm not saying that they, that they can't, but you know, when you look at that offense, you don't, you don't see a ton going on. I mean, Ken, like you, like you talk about Ken, Kendall, Wright. I mean, Kendall Wright is, is like their top offensive weapon still. Right. Right. And, yeah. and, and, you know, he's going to catch 90 passes with an A dot of uh, 4.7. If so. that, yeah, it's going to be ridiculous. He's going to, he's just going to be like, he's going to basically be playing running back because he's going to be so close yeah. to the line of scrimmage. Right. Yeah. Like uh, that. What was that Percy Harvin year with the Vikings where he had an A dot of like. Yeah, so exactly. Like... Right. <laughs> that's basically kind of right. Um, and then, so that's basically running backs. You have Matt Jones, who I did take in the MFL 10 of death, just as kind of a flyer given coach speak right now. And the fact that there's the possibility that, you know, he digs into Alfred Morris's workload and they're the same kind of back big bodied guys, uh, which is why it's kind of interesting uh, that they would be in tandem. Uh, but we'll see what happens. It was, it was a flyer pick mostly, but you know, this regime is not necessarily, uh, they're they're not they're not necessarily for Alfred Morris, so you know we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I think that that's a good point. That, that this is not the, the, the these are not the same people. Who, it's not Shanahan, yeah, yeah, who made Alfred Morris the fantasy stud that he became. You know? Right. Um. So before we get to the quarter, the two quarterbacks, why don't you talk about Max Williams? Yeah. Well. Now, I, I think uh, our listeners would probably expect me to start uh, immediately gushing about Max Williams because he's in Mark Trestman's offense in Baltimore, and you know he's clearly um, uh, he's clearly Gronk because he's big and white. So, uh, <laughs> but but we also we also know uh, it's almost become uh, like uh, just common knowledge in, in fantasy circles that rookie tight ends. Uh, are um, you know ro- successful rookie tight ends are tough to come by. I mean, uh, it's uh, it's something. I think last year didn't you write about it last year? Yeah, we where, did. We did a piece on Number Fire. I think it was Leo Howe at the time who did it. It, it was it was uh, basically uh, like twenty five 
huge waving red flags uh, for anyone who thought that you know Eric Ebron or ASJ was going to emerge as were going to emerge as like top top options. So right. Um, so you know, there uh, redraft wise, uh, there 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 is a lot of caution there. Um, I I will say that there, I, I you know, and and I, well, and my boy, of course, uh, rest, in peace, rest in peace, Dennis Pitta, who probably will start start the season on um, the the pup list. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I haven't really read up on it, but I saw yeah. I saw reports that like things are actually going kind of on track now with his body, with his right. with his hip. I mean, I'm I'm only I can only picture Dennis Dennis Pitta with like like. He's kind of uh, he's kind of like a uh, like a Rubik's cube. <laughs> like his body is a Rubik's cube now. And, and 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 trying to get it right is close to impossible. Right, right. It's like a Rubik's cube that was super glued together, and it's not it's not a yeah. square. It's just kind of like like it's angles. Uh, uh, that is you... Dennis put his angles. <laughs> that would be my team name this year. <laughs> um, uh, I'll tell you one one quote that stuck with me. Uh, uh, someone in the Ravens organization said that uh, when you know Pitta was was taken was rushed to the hospital after his second hip injury um, uh, against Cleveland last year, um, and someone said uh, that the uh, someone in the ambulance uh, compared it to a car crash victim and said that this is actually worse than what Ooh. they see from car crash victims. So. Uh, I think that uh, the severity of that injury should not be underestimated. Um, uh, it should be mocked by fantasy owners, of course, like us. But right, um, naturally, uh, uh, kidding. But but uh, I, me feel you know, terrible. I know, I know. Now I think we just need to delete the podcast now. But <laughs> um, but 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 Max Williams. I mean, he could uh, he could get some of that. I, I talked about the opportunity. In Baltimore, we, we, we both did, uh, you know, and Perriman has that. Why not, right. you know, why not Williams? If he's given the starting the starting gig, I mean, we saw Martellus Bennett go from kind of a uh, mid-range kind of streaming type guy to, I think, uh, top five or six tight end last year right. um, uh, in, in Trestman's offense. And, yeah, I mean, you can write, you can say, and maybe rightly so, that, all the the garbage time that the Bears had in the last seven or eight games um, was uh, you know um, was directly linked to Bennett's production, um, but but it was there and and he turned he he kind of took that leap. So I think I think it's possible. But Williams' ADP is way too high for me in uh, in, in in redraft. Yeah, I'm still I'm just still really bitter because the Ravens jumped ahead of the Steelers to get the guy like the Steelers yeah. should have drafted Max Williams. And yeah. and now, now I have to spend 13 years being just <laughs> tormented by Max Williams. No, no, you'll, you'll, you'll spend, no, you'll spend four years being tormented and then he'll become a Raider. So <laughs> yeah, good, good don't, point. don't worry. Good point. Uh, so yeah, so let's just really quickly then talk about uh, which quarterback. So I just asked a very simple question. Which quarterback is going to be the street, better streamer this year, Mariota or Winston? I got. I, I have to say Mariota because of the Konami uh, uh, possibilities. Nice, right? interesting. See, I would go. I'm going with Winston because of Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson. Yeah, I mean, it, on a on a um, point friendly team, on a team not coached by someone named Lovey Smith, I think <laughs> I I think I'd be with you. I I, I really would. Um, 
Well, then again, what am I doing? I'm I'm saying Ken Wizenhunt is going to want to yeah. score touchdowns. So yeah, I'm an idiot too. But uh, but but I, I I really do. I think that I mean, is is it is it impossible that Mariota will, you know, will 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 give us kind of a an RG three light type of season? I mean, and I'm not right, saying he can, he can definitely rush for a lot of rushing yards. I yeah. mean, this is this is gonna. I just I just hope that we don't get into another discussion of people with Manziel like we had with Manziel last year and people just throwing like I'm not this I'm not I'm not talking about you here people just throwing like oh yeah he's gonna rush for 700 rushing yards this year like like this just doesn't happen like you know what I mean like 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 that's what that's what happened with Manziel last year people overhyping his rushing abilities and I'm not saying that that I'm not at all saying that Mariota is anything like Manziel because he's a much bigger guy He's going to be more capable of running in the NFL, but you know, I just I hope that there's not a lot of projections out there that are like, yeah, he's going to rush for 600 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, no, that that's generous. Yeah, right. Um, right. But there, uh, but he does have the Konami upside. You're right. Yeah, and and you know, I think that's something that Winston lacks. Um, but uh, yeah, because yeah. Winston has dad bod. <sighs> yeah, I mean, like I think I'm in better shape than Jameis Winston. Well, but do quarterbacks have to be athletes? I mean, I I don't know. I mean, you you know, look at. I mean, could Peyton Manning do ten push-ups? <laughs> I, would... <laughs> I, mean, I think that's a I think that's a legit question. I, I, you saw that Eli Manning picture of him on the beach like two three years ago. Oh yeah, like I mean, Tom Brady's he, scrawny. He well he used to be scrawny. He's still, he's still scrawny. Not I, not as scrawny though. I mean, I think I think I've heard Tom Brady say something like. Like, um, I'm not an athlete. I'm a quarterback. Right. Like, it's like, like it's that, like pitchers in baseball. Yeah. They can just be like, like average kind of physique guys who, you know, who, who stay in some, some kind of shape, but you know, they're so, so yeah, I don't know if that's a, I mean, look at, I mean, Kaepernick is ripped to shreds yeah. and he, what over the last two years has pretty much sucked. So right, I mean, so that's that's just correlation and causation ASAP. Boom. Like that's just it. Boom, boom, do it. Is yeah. muscles equal you suck at quarterback? There yeah. you go. Um. All right. So let's get to some questions. Just to remind everyone, we have a Twitter handle. It's at live the stream ff. That's it, right? Yeah, it is. And people need to follow. I mean, I know we're not in season yet, but come yeah. on. I yeah, mean, guys, follow the freaking for the love. Twitter account. Uh, it, it only took us two and a half years to make it. Right. But, the least you could do is just follow it. But JJ was literally working on it for two and a half years. Well, you so. think that banner took me 13 seconds to make? It took me two and a half years two to create. And a half years. No, I mean, uh, literally, he's he went ho- he went homeless. His family disowned him. But he, 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 he made the Twitter account. I made the Twitter for everyone. So follow it. Follow the Twitter account. At LiveTheStreamFF. Uh, so we got a, a decent amount of questions, so let's let's get to it. This is from at the draft seven seven seven. Never heard this person before. This is fun. Um, best QBs to stream in twenty roster spot dynasty league this year. <laughs> <laughs> Assume you have to draft them because the league is deep. Hmm. So if you're, it, I I don't even know. I don't even know how to explain. I I don't even know where to start Can you with say that. Question one more time. He said. With a Best question. QBs to stream in twenty roster yeah. spot dynasty league this year. I mean, Fitzpatrick comes to mind. He's like, yeah, that's, that's actually smart. That's I a, mean, yeah. Let's let's go with Fitzy. All right. Uh, this is from at Lift Pray Right. 
Uh, if you have the second pick in a redraft and Le'Veon Bell is there, do you bite or pass and try to trade for in week three? I'm, I mean, I'm I'm still on the fence with what I'm going to do with Le'Veon. I hope that I just have a late late round picks this year in my in my serpentine drafts, just because I'm I'm, I'm I don't want to make that decision. Mm-hmm. It's a tough decision. I mean, I can I understand why people would would go after it. Second pick. Who? And by the way, if you have the second pick, who's who's going first overall? I hope I hope this isn't like an Andrew Luck thing. What? Oh, what do you mean? With it? This Wait. guy said that he, if you have the second pick in redraft, assuming uh, that there's someone uh, going ahead, I I don't know. I, I'm okay with I'm okay with going Le'Veon there. I don't think that the here's the deal though. It, it, don't oh, don't pass on Le'Veon thinking that you're going to trade for him because his owner is not going to give him up in like week three. It's just not no. going to happen. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, unless you're in like the worst league of all time, uh, I I uh, can't can't imagine. Can't imagine that happening. But uh, what do you think about the people being obsessed with D'Angelo Williams um, right now? Like, like, like as as a legit like handcuff yeah. until he comes back, until Le'Veon comes. Back. I mean, Le'Veon Le'Veon's gonna appeal and and try to get that thing down, or he already did. I can't. I don't know. But um, no, I don't. I don't really care for D'Angelo's value that much. I, I have the opinion of someone someone else here. Do you, do you want to say something, Xavier? Yeah. Say hi, JJ. Hi, JJ. Hey, Xavier. How's it going? Um, good. Are, say, you, are, say, are you living the stream? No. <laughs> oh man, it's say, Dar- it's Darter's child. Xavier, say I love Gronk. I love Gronk. Oh gosh. <laughs> All right. Say bye, JJ. Bye, JJ. Bye, Xavier. <laughs> so he's so I guess that is Darter's child. Oh well. Oh man. Um. That's hilarious. What an adorable child you have. <laughs> Thank you. Um, anyway, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not really that into to D'Angelo. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it just seems to me like uh, like like people are just reaching, like thinking that, like, oh, I like I can grab some of Le'Veon's production for, you know, for, for a couple weeks. I don't know. I just don't understand. Yeah. Um, all right. So the next one is at Black Bear Hockey Fan, Denny. How bad does it still stink knowing you timed out in the MFL 10 of death and picked Watkins? <laughs> oh, well, it, it, no, it's, it stinks for sure. I mean, I mean, I, who, who uses, who, who says stink in 2015? Um, I would say someone who's nostalgic for the nineties. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Um, that stinks, man. I mean, uh, this dude is definitely watching saved by the bell reruns after sending that tweet. Uh, and and what are are you condemning that? I mean, you're. you're I'm not. The, I'm not. I'm the Saved by the Bell lover. I, I can't. You you are Saved by the Bell Twitter. You are <laughs> you're you are boys to men Twitter and Saved by the Bell. Uh, it's true. So uh, well, yeah. No, that's thanks. Thanks, Black Bear hockey fan. That it stinks still. Yes. Um. This next one is from at Sean underscore Tat. He said, "Where do babies come from?" <laughs> oh. Well, uh, for me, they come from Darter, apparently, <laughs> because my, my son loves Gronkowski. So. Uh, next one is from at jbells underscore three. He always comes, Justin Bailey always comes with some good questions. He says, Winston Cutler Flacco. Ta- ah. Take one on a picnic, go golfing with one, co-own a dog with one. <laughs> <laughs> that is, man, that's a good question. I'm definitely uh, going golfing with with Cutler. 
Well, because he'll just drink himself silly. Oh, it would be so fun to go golfing with Cutler. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, he. Okay, so okay, what's the over under for number of holes in that in which he he then throws a club? I, I I'm gonna go like three. Like oh yeah, he ar- around the third hole is when he starts club throwing. One hundred percent. He's yeah. he's one of like he just he gets he gets uh the he gets twelve beers at, whenever he first gets there and he gets them in those bags of ice, throws them in the ba- th- throws them in the back of the cart, and he's done with three beers after the first hole. And right. and once once he misses that first putt for for bogey on the first hole, he gets to the second hole, and that's when you start kind of seeing it that it's going to be one of those days. And the third, the th- you're right, the third hole is when he actually throws his driver into the woods. Right, he he shanks it off the heel of the driver. It goes it goes into the woods. He throws the club and then turns to someone else and blames them, and, and, and probably calls them Brandon just by habit. <laughs> Damn it, Brandon! Damn it! <laughs> Uh, so I would go golfing with Cuddy, and then I would co-own a dog probably with... I mean, Flacco probably takes good care of dogs. He's a, He seems like a genuinely decent dude, yeah. Yeah, I, like a dog guy. Yeah, I mean, I, get, I, don't, I don't get dogs, but okay. And then Winston we go on a picnic with, because he'll... he'll oh, because a lobster. Or, or crab, sure. a crab, rather. Sure, lobster. I, I, I have feelings about Winston. We'll, we'll... Yeah, yeah, I know. Check my Twitter feed for that. This is from at Sobchak underscore Walter. Uh, the Miami wide res- wide receiver corp is a, is that a situation to avoid? Oh n- well, no. I mean, isn't isn't Stills going like stupid late? Um, kind. I mean, I mean, like kind of. The, the, I mean, it's 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 certainly an ambiguous situation. Like like Jarvis Landry, I cannot get behind in the fifth yeah. round, which is where he's going. I just I don't understand that. But but look at Stills is going at wide receiver forty. I mean that seems reasonable <laughs> to me. Right. I mean it's fair, especially in best ball where he get those those big plays. I I I think in in redraft right now I'm just generally personally I'm generally avoiding uh, yeah. because of the ambiguity. But hopefully we'll get some some because Devonte Parker's there now too. Yeah. Right. But but I I will say that Stills is going at forty. But then right after him. Uh, are Decker, Andrew Johnson, Roddy White, and Brashad Perryman. So that's right. that. Oh, that I take. I would take all of those guys over him. Yeah. Um. This is from at na at at Neil Parker at na Parker seventy seven. Top tight end stream for week one. Denny, how many times have you looked at week one? I have. I um. I have not looked at a single week one anything. Yeah. Have you? No. Oh, stop! You have. Nah. Uh. Well, I think. I think. Uh. I think Rich Rebar actually has projections for week one. I wouldn't be surprised by that. Yeah, I think last year he tweeted out his projections like June first or something. Yeah. It, was, it was it was so it was so rich. That's so rich. So rich. This is our buddy Rob Silver. Are both of you still drinking Bud Light and Miller Light? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Duh. I mean, what kind of question? <laughs> Follow up. Which Golden Girl character do you most identify with? Oh, uh, I would say the the really surly, funny one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I would I would identify with the awesome one. <laughs> uh, wait, is she is is that I don't know I don't know I don't know I don't I don't know much about no, the Golden like Girls. The surly, too. like the the only one who's actually funny is the one I would. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, be, be, Oh shoot, I forget her beat. name. But anyway, the, the tall one, the the, the six foot eight. Oh yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I don't know. I don't I know who you're talking. I'm in, I'm I'm envisioning her. You're 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 identifying with her because of her her 
masculinity. And well, no, no, because she's super cynical and negative, and I, I, and 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 like always the butt of jokes. I love that. I, I, you know what? Don't question my choice here. This is All right. Ridiculous. This one's from at Alex Linus seven seven two one. He said, "Is it okay to bribe my four year old with donuts? There are many donuts, if that matters." I mean, for like just in general, a bribe with donuts. I mean, I bribe Xavier with with M and M's. Then the answer is yes. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. Look at you're you're only giving them, uh, you know, a, a terrible start in in their in the health in their long term health. That's so, all you're doing. It's not a big deal. It's fine. This is from at Jaredactyl. He said, "If there was a combine for dad runners, what would be the events other than eating while standing?" <laughs> <laughs> Eating while standing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, I'm just picturing Jason Witten eating, uh, eating. Oh, a, no. a oh he, he loves Jason. Jason Witten because he's so fat. He just. <laughs> oh my god, we're gonna get the complaint again. I know, we're, complaint. Here comes, here comes the one star rating on iTunes. Um, no, I mean, like, what would what would the dad events be? I mean, it would probably be like how fast you can put on on carpenter jeans. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Um, uh, what else? Uh, dad dad events. Um, <laughs> what else? Oh, like how how uh, how high you can jump while doing a layup. I mean, <laughs> right. You know, like I think I I love I love like at the local basketball court when I see dads out there in like their like sweatbands like headbands yeah. and everything yeah. and like tank tops from 1987 uh, i love to see them like really try to get up there and and put a layup in that's good that's a that's a really really good those are i think we're good we're good that was a great question though jared Actel. i hope we hear more from you this year yeah please um this is at justin 0917 is mexican street corn the best type of corn and food at a barbecue uh i didn't know there was any other kind of food at a barbecue so right. um, i have to i have to go with yes i always just go straight corn you know that yes this is at Honolulu Pass Blue. Dynasty PPR have Garoppolo can trade for Julius Thomas. Starts two quarterback, three running back, five wide receiver, two tight end. Tempted, but Bortles. I guess he has Bortles. Uh, he has Dwayne Allen, Jordan Cameron, Eric Ebron, Michael Rivera already, but can trade one if he gets Julius. I, I mean, that's a lot of information and not. Uh, it's not a very, I mean, you, you do you even know what I just said, Denny? Yeah, no, no, I, I'm I'm keeping track of it as as best as I can, and I, I mean, I, I, my, my inclination is to say I want Thomas there. Yeah, I mean, mine is mine generally is too. Uh, this is at sports account. Uh, expectations for Travis Kelsey next season: Is he a streamer, or will I have to draft him? You will have to draft him. He's probably the second best tight end in fantasy football. Yeah, and he's he's going at at tight end three, and <laughs> that that'll that that could even rise, you know. Yeah, this is from at NPowellFF, Nathan Powell, tr- trolling us, asking if he should go Gronk or Luck in the first round. I'll hang up and listen. Uh, yeah, you better hang up, Nathan, and just... just I would stay. definitely go... I, to, like, I'm, I'm really not nearly as against going Gronk in the first round as I ever was going Jimmy Graham in the first round. Yeah, no, and, and I, well, I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that, and, and I'm with you on that page. But this this blasphemy about Andrew Luck at, at the in, with the first pick... Yeah, overall, or we're gonna, in, we're gonna we're gonna have a podcast. To, just to that. Ju- let's just you know what it's good for our brand, so I'm not gonna complain. Hashtag brand. Hashtag brand. But hashtag content. Hashtag podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
hashtag I'm uh, gonna throw up if I hear it again. So. <laughs> Uh, this is from at D Harris three Oh eight, eight. How does streaming QBs work when we are required to draft three in a 12 team standard league? I'll tell you how it works. You leave that league. Yeah. Stop. What is that? What what are you drafting 36 quarterbacks for? I mean, who made that rule? That uh, masochist. That's that's (laughs) crazy. That's a crazy, that's a crazy rule. And, and, And if you really do need to stay in that league, like if, if, you know, they're going to put a contract out on your life, uh, if you leave, <laughs> don't leave. And instead, just draft three really, really late quarterbacks and be right. done. Yeah, Put, platoon it, platoon it. Um, this is from at JR underscore Leonard 88. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Um, don't ever email us again or, or, <laughs> or tweet us. <laughs> no, just... just stay away from us, JR, JR Leonard. You know, I meant to look up the definition of a sandwich before the podcast. And because, I of that, because of that question? Yeah. What do you think? What, where do you stand? Are you serious? Of course it's not a sandwich. Yeah, but I mean, I think I feel like some people would, would literally fight to the death uh, to say it is a sandwich. That's fine. Uh, They're wrong. Oh, oh, here you go. Here you go. A sandwich is a food item consisting of one or more types of food placed on... Oh, no. That, that goes against what we were saying between two slices so one or more so like you know of like a like a hot dog oh no that does qualify no it does, no no we're done with this question all right uh at 80 underscore j-rod if if all alternate alternate denny's fought at the same at the same time who wins i mean i think i think uh kenny darter would not only win he would probably eat the remains of his, <laughs> yes, his vanquished enemies that's exactly what i was thinking um, this is at Steve Smith beta is Larry Donald, the top tight end stream for week one. What? The, who are they playing? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this is at Maddie Matt E. Will Pierre Thomas play NFL football this season? I'm going to say yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and I, I can, I can just kind of imagine him signing with like a running back needy team. Right. And then, and then people just going bananas to get him, like, yeah. you know, right off, like, just cause it's fresh. Like, oh, um, what would happen if Dallas signed them? Right, right. Like, I just, I picture people being like, oh, God, oh, God, we got an RB1. Right. Um, This is at Skinny Elvis. He says, who are your three quarterback targets for redraft that could become every week starters? I I definitely, that's a great question. And I'll definitely, you know, work on that starting maybe in like June or July. Uh, do you have any? I have right? uh, top of my head. I think Sam Bradford is the one that you would want to target. Yeah, because he's going so so ridiculously late, right? Yeah, I would say like Bradford. I mean, depending on who drops in your league, I think the two guys that I got in the MFL Ten of Death, I like Kaepernick a lot with yeah. with what his upside is. Tannehill, I'm not opposed to, but they're both Tannehill especially is probably going to go in single digit rounds. Yeah. Um, uh, I know we just mentioned Fitzpatrick, and I know that he's literally a poster child of this uh, podcast. But if he gets the starting gig in New York, I really like. Yeah, me too. Like, like that. I might like him more than Bradford, honestly, because I think that that offense is is primed to throw a, a lot. And you know, Fitzpatrick is not. And look, I'm, I know. Like, I wrote a thing this offseason about let's not overvalue volume, but um, you know, F- Fitzpatrick would knows what to do with like big old targets like Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. So I, you know, and Amaro and Amaro, I, I, I'm bullish on him. Yeah. Uh, who was the last court? This is from at Gill's username. 
Uh, who's the last quarterback you would take in an MFL 10 and why is it Alex Smith? <laughs> uh, perfect. It is Alex Smith because he's basically free right now and it's amazing. It's like, it's as if he's not even a starter. Right. Oh, it's amazing. I have so much Alex Smith because he's just free. I mean, you're getting him in like the 15th round. I mean, people are actually like, what, it, like, is he, is Chase Daniel going before him? I don't know. And maybe he'd probably, <laughs> I mean, is, is Tyler Palco? Yeah, this uh, is this yeah. is. I would guess that Chiefs fans are probably tra- drafting a Chase Daniel before Alex Smith, but that's just because they hate him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is at Rich Lutgen. He said, "If you are streaming QB, tight end, defense, who are you spending your money on in an auction? You're spending. If you're streaming, you're spending. Basically, I mean, you're going with the upside or the week one matchups, which we'll get into. You know, once it's draft season, but you're spending a dollar. Yes, just a buck. Yeah." Uh, this is from at Crumson six, eight, seven. He says, what thoughts on what to do with Jarek McKinnon in a keeper league? Gotta keep him. I mean, look, I know Adrian Peterson is considered superhuman and that he'll never break down and that he'll play till 47 years old, but he, but he's not, it, this could be it. I mean, this could, it could always be it, uh, yeah. for a guy that, that old with that kind of tread on his tire. So, so I, I mean, I, I would love to have McKinnon in dynasty. I don't, but I would love to. Uh, this is from at Drupov. He says, how do you think you're going to be approaching redraft this season? Uh, generally speaking, I think, you know, it's going to be the same as always go running back wide receiver heavy early and then get your quarterback and tight ends late. Yeah. And I, I think that, um, you know, you're going to see luck and Rogers. We both go maybe in the, what is it crazy to say both of them go in the first round in some leagues? I mean, yeah, I mean the ones that, I mean, I would say, you know, at least a second. Yeah, so I, I think that that'll open up even more opportunity because last year it was just Peyton who was going super high, and then it was a big drop-off, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and the Bree, Breeze and Rodgers were kind of like late second into the third. Manning was Manning was more like late first, like legit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this next one's from Mr. Reniculus. He's the one who said it's May. Nothing is happening, and I figured I'd give him a shout out because that was funny. There you go. Uh, this is our our boy TJ Hernandez who says cake or pie, and can you count ice cream cake? I mean, I hope so because it's the best kind of cake. That's right. Okay, I'm with you there. But would you go with regular cake or pie? Uh, pie is an abomination, so I'm gonna go with cake. Oh my gosh, we're gonna fight. <laughs> Uh, this is from at MG MCG, the champ. He said, do all dogs go to heaven? I mean, not in, in, in my America. No, <laughs> no, dog. in your, in your America, no dogs are living. That's right. Oh no. Jeez. Oh no. I mean, I'm not that much of a hater. Eh. <laughs> That's it though. That's all the questions. We just got through the podcast. It was a long podcast. It was longish, but you know what? People are hungry for the hashtag content. Right. It's the hashtag brand that we need to that we need to keep up. We need to cultivate the hashtag brand for yeah. sure. We'll do it we'll do it more often now that, that the draft is over and whatnot. I just have a busy I have a busy next month because I'm getting yeah. mar- married at the end of next month. Yes, yes. Everybody needs to well, I'm sure your Twitter mentions will explode when, when it does happen, but but yes, everybody needs to congratulate JJ getting married also for surviving his uh bachelor party Th- you I know did, i did I'm, I'm glad that you um have a pulse and that you're alive i i i i manned up i had a four-day hangover though oh no way really <laughs> i had a four-day hangover i didn't get over it until thursday 
you know, so you did you drink fifteen or twenty bottles of Pedialyte? It well, it was it was it was pretty it was pretty nuts. Like it was like ten, just ten dudes in Myrtle Beach, and oh it it just just so much Bud Light was was consumed. <laughs> <laughs> All of the Bud Light. You guys are wild. <laughs> All of it. We're just insane. All right, so Denny, where can everyone find you at? Uh, at CD Carter thirteen on on the Twitter, and um, I'm I'm writing for the Fake Football dot com and four for four dot com right now. Awesome. Uh, I'm JJ Zacharias, and you can find me on Twitter at Late Round QB. Uh, my work over at Number Fire, uh, and that's it, Denny. Let's go get some milkshakes. Let's do it. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you hopefully within the next couple weeks. Maybe. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about the team.